killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside I'm just realizing, to, I don't know why it's today, but like, I guess I've also listened to a couple of these episodes in, in our off time. It's been a while. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I have half seen or not completely seen so many movies, <laughs> like an insane amount of movies. And I don't feel like, I feel like I've bragged about like not often walking out of a movie or turning it off. Yeah. But I apparently do that 90% of the time. Cause yeah. Like, I've got memories of like, I have no concept of how this movie ends. I've never seen the ending of it. Yeah. I've seen, you know, the first third 12 times. I've I've been especially bad with that, I feel, in the last five years of my life. Like, I'm really bad at... Maybe it's because we have so much access now with Netflix to turn things off. Yeah. But I'm really bad for starting so many movies on Netflix. Yeah. Like, it's, just watching the first 10, 15, and then getting bored and moving on to another movie and doing the same thing. I, like... The problem for mine is I've seen a few of these two on Netflix, and now it's, like, all coming to mind is, like, I've gotten, like, 48 minutes into some yeah you know and i'm like eh. wow yeah that, that's a bad place to turn it off that's what i did with um what's that um that movie i didn't like about the hotel um, 1408 no no no, no. Oh, 1408's awesome yeah so awesome no um i watched it recently um the innkeepers oh innkeepers yeah yeah that's the slower one yeah and i just find there's payoff right <laughs> at all you know and i like i like slower ones like black coat's daughter mm-hmm. i've like been like perusing the internet for like people justifying my to validate your views and like if you just pitch it a little differently it's like if you like someone pitched it perfectly and i think um that might be might have been something else like i commented on instagram like where somebody like made a real good pitch for why black coat's daughter was so good mm. and it's like if you like a, a non-linear strange dark creepy slow burn yeah you know like with a lot of creepy moments, this is the movie for you. I'm like, I do like all those things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that's. I mean, that's interesting because I I really like Innkeepers. I found that one very um, satisfying. I really like a very moody and slow. It's interesting how like we both it, there, there seem to be different kinds of slow movies that we can tolerate. But the Innkeepers is like it's slow for sure, mm-hmm. but it's definitely like not that moody because all the main characters are these sarcastic 20 somethings you know like yeah very animated very like i thought the the main woman in that was like 15 oh um what's her face uh sarah paxton yeah i I thought like just looking at her in that movie her just i thought that's what they were going for is like a very very crazy young yeah so there's you have these i agree that yeah the characters are are like kind of quick and snappy and sarcastic um but it's set against this backdrop of just this ominous kind of hotel room with very few characters. A lot of times people are alone in rooms and yeah, there's like five characters overall in the whole hotel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the banter isn't necessarily what contributes to the mood, but uh, we we can debate the merits of that. Yeah. Another time perhaps. Well, yeah, I've seen it somewhat recently and and that's that's I guess where it left me. But also, yeah. I watched like 50 minutes of it and then went back to So and you didn't you it. didn't Oh, you did go I back did and finish, finish that one. Yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't I think I think the right mood would need to work for that. That's actually Ty West. That's the same director as The yeah, Sacrament. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's why like The Sacrament was like a, a real breath of fresh air. Oh my god, you know, well, it's like that. Sacrament is kind of like explosive. Where yeah, and uh, Innkeepers is very very muted. It, it was Ty. Did Ty West do your next, or is just the same no? Adam guy? Winger did Adam your next. Winger. Okay, yeah, and but Ty West is in your next. That's that's the connection. I, I knew mean, there was some yeah, connection there. We talked again a little bit about this off mic, but having i rewatched your next the other week it's so 
and so watching it immediately after the sacrament is nuts. They were made around the same time, and the crossover is like almost sure. entire the entire cast. Yeah, like Ty West is in your next. He directed the sacrament, and he's in your next, and he's the boyfriend of Amy, who is the also named Amy in the sacrament, the yeah. sister. Right. right, so they're they're both in both movies, and Ty West gets killed first. He's the first one to get shot by the arrow. That's like the inciting incident in your next, mm-hmm. and then Amy gets killed by the um the the wire. Yeah, the, the thin throat wire, cut. Yeah. the throat cut outside the door, which is nuts. One of the greatest. Yeah, I don't know what to call it, like a fake out. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. Such and then two movie. of the brothers are AJ Bowen and Joe Swanberg, which are the two dudes the who make guys. it out yeah. in the yeah. sacrament. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Man, yeah, it's so cool. Was so killer. It was um, literally. Yeah, and uh, it was reminding me too. Like you said, like those two movies having all that crossover. It reminds me of another one that I watched recently was The Mist, and mm-hmm. its crossover, like all those characters moving on and doing The Walking Dead. Right. The Mist for anyone who like you know that rings some bells from you know 2006, and you haven't seen it since. Is that right? Six or seven? Yeah. Um, uh, go back and watch it. It holds the fuck up. It is so Man, good. I'm so glad I'm so glad to hear that because I loved that movie when it came out and I felt like yeah. it didn't make too big of a splash. No, and it should have. It was Yeah. I I shit I shit all over the ending in uh in one of our episodes here. We talked Do you remember which one it is? Yes, I do. You're usually good about this stuff, yeah. Yeah, I know which one it is. I just don't know. You don't want to mention send it. people back there to hear me, you know. Well, I don't think someone's going to be like, "Wait, pause. Let me go back and hear Dave's earlier opinion on By, it well i mean it just takes the craning and sl- swooping motion of your thumb to do so pretty pretty quick podcast right. app so i'm Fair not enough. i'm not gonna it, it, episode 13 with trevor pullman yeah. <laughs> it's always episode 13 with trevor pullman <laughs> isn't it just yeah we talk about the mist briefly and i say that um i'm talking about like how historically don't like stephen king movie endings like kind yeah. of not go well um, and then you, you were mentioning about how he enjoyed that twist, the twist that the writers did with the mist. But oh, um, Stephen King, enjoyed, right? Stephen King enjoyed like what they did with that movie, how they twisted the ending up. And I know how the short story ended, and I really didn't like that twist. I thought mm-hmm. it was super lazy. Then watching it play out and thinking about the alternatives as an intelligent, you know, adult, mm-hmm. you know, going like shit, that was fucking great. Yeah, it There's, really. I remember just it, like it really yeah. knocked me off my feet seeing yeah. that the first time. And I mean, that's just one thing, and the, the awesome concept is another thing. But really, for me, so much of the heart of that movie is the human psychology in that mm-hmm. grocery store. How how humans kind of deal with that big of an event. Yeah, the camps that people fall into so quickly. Like it's kind of like Lord of the Flies, right? Yeah, the it, people who emerge as leader types and are able to gather people underneath them and follow what they say like i love those elements of it yeah and that i honestly mostly i'm like this is a cool movie with creatures and Mm -hmm. it has an ending that punches you in the guts and i don't like it because of that and remembering that you said that about it that it's like really great take of like you know humans surviving on like a stranded ship like it's really really interesting to watch psychology you're totally right like and the performances are fucking amazing like marcia gay harden as the the apocalyptic religious yeah. lady, right? Yeah, she's so good. Um, and her, what happens to her is so satisfying. She gets blasted. Yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> like, and you feel so good about it. Yeah, <laughs> Ollie, the like Toby Jones, little, yeah, amazing actor, yeah. and that performance is great too. Little bag boy just blasts, blasts her. Just yeah, says, there's um, a cool moment like. First of all, with those, like, the first time you see things come in, it's those tentacles from under the door, and mm-hmm. it grabs the kid, and they're, like, 
like suction cut like teeth thing they're like pulling chunks out of people like with these really great effects yeah and then he chops it off with an axe and they're like the end of it is like a like a practical effect like puppet they have on the ground yeah all of it it looked so 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 good the spiders and the those like spider scorpions i've seen this movie a bunch yeah <laughs> yeah um in the spider room yeah it somehow it somehow takes all these the different... acid web that they're shooting that like is like it burns Oh, I, can't, I can't really remember they, that. That's like one of the coolest things that I didn't remember either is they shoot these little strands of web that like float in the air like like silk so lightly like a spider's web would, but they've got this like steam coming off them and they're burning people. Oh, shit. Because they're like acid webs. Oh, man. It's horrific, dude. It's so good. Yeah, it combines so many subgenres that we love somehow so successfully into yeah. one story, right? Yeah. The, the whole kind of creature thing from another realm. That's mm-hmm. one whole thing. The whole trapped in one room, human psychology aspect, that's another thing. Yeah. But to have them exist seamlessly in this plot is wonderful. Yeah. It's kind of like the void. Yeah, thing, totally. You know, like overall, kind of like presented better though. <laughs> it's like easier to follow. God, it's it was so, so, so good. That's great. We yeah. should, we'll watch it at some future date, maybe episode 123, something like that. All right. It's locked in. It's locked in. Coming soon. 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Seasons are a thing podcasts seem to be doing more and more now, huh? Like a really polished podcast. It's like, yeah. oh, season one. Those, those episodic podcasts. Yeah. yeah, that's it. It's for the lazy who can't do, release a podcast every week and they're like, oh, we can only release 10 now and then maybe another 10 later i hope that trend continues and then like people like us really stand out for the because podcasts are like um as far as i understand podcasts are this like um time filling thing people do to fill those stretches of time that yeah you know i don't know music just won't cut commuting or jobs where you don't need to fully pay attention to what you're doing or at least audio attention you don't need to yeah you can that's free yeah Um, and you can either listen to the shitty, stupid radio or, yeah, you know, something that you really, really care about or are interested in. But like in an episodic content, that's like people's desire for like, you know, TV entertainment, you know, like those big stories being told to them and something or something like that. Like, yeah, that, uh, and that, that mean, wouldn't work on like an, a weekly basis year round forever. Like you no. It's too much. Yeah, you can't. And I mean, those fans are going to have to live with only hearing, you know, 10 episodes every half year of their yeah. favorite show. But here at Text Chris Dave Saw, we get that shit out weekly minimum. Minimum. 52 episodes a year? No way. No way. At least 60. At least 60 a year. At least 60. And I'd be happy with 60. For our first year. And after that, I say we go up to 120. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking do it. Oh, fuck. That's going to suck. For you. Yeah, that's like, yeah, two recording two a week at least. We could do it. We'll hate each other. We'll we'll not have anything to say. Like <laughs> between we won't have like any sort of There's like, nothing else to fill. Like we've said that. Yeah. I know <laughs> what you think about fucking dark scars. We've talked about it for three hundred hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a peak. I'll minimize that. Maybe. I don't think it'll peak. Um always back away from the mic when yelling. Good yeah, get through your teeth too. Yeah. I think yeah, at a certain point in this podcast we'll be done largely through our teeth. Okay. In, like, rage. Like, like yeah, gritting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Was that a good movie? Was that as good as the original? I don't know. That was my opinion on episode 13 with Trevor Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be calling back to that episode till, you know. The I, end of time. Yeah, we're going to have we're going to have our waves. The first 20 episodes was all about talking about coherence. The mm-hmm. next 20, it's all about talking about episode 13 with Trevor Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the next. Who um, knows? After that, we'll be talking all about. uh who knows what inside jokes will come, what new segments will come. I mean, this thing is just growing, evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I would really like 
to i don't know how to do it but i really would like to get a whole bunch of people on our snapchat yeah you okay know? you heard the guy you heard, the <laughs> you heard that asshole uh follow us on snapchat does it tell you how many people follow or when they follow and all that wonderful stuff uh it's not going to be the same as instagram but like it'll show me a list of contacts that i have or that we have once i'm okay so I'm you'll be it. alerted if yeah yeah if people try to add i will be great to respond and you heard the dave saw add text chris dave saw to snapchat just it. one word text chris dave saw perfect yep all right yeah you'll find us we'll be the only one for fucking sure because it's a dumb name do you think snapchat is going to stick around much longer yes because Instagram and Facebook are on the prowl. Like, they're adding features that are trying to be snappy. You yeah. Know? Well, there's there's a chance. Well, I mean, what, what happens then? Facebook buys it, and then it's just Snapchat by Facebook? It could. Well, I think both they, Facebook and... Well, they're the same company, Facebook and Instagram. But I think they're they're trying to to do the same thing within their existing frameworks. Like, with those dailies, you know what I mean? Yeah, the, you can see it in, like, Facebook Messenger. Yeah. They want you to post Snapchat stories. Yeah, so I'm wondering if this is going to be a real threat. But, I, I mean, Snapchat's filters are what make it so much fun. I mean, you've, you're have you the one who got me on, yeah. and I, I'm having so much fun. You do with more with Snapchat than I do now. I, I just... I love it. Especially just that one filter and that one character that I'm doing daily. Yeah, um, well, Snapchat also has, like, we can, I'll talk Snapchat all day. Snapchat's got, you know, the little, like, um, emojis that go beside everyone's name? Yeah. Those all represent different things. So, like, um, if you've got, you know, the, like, sly emoji that's, like, smirking kind of? Yeah. That means that that person has sent you more than you sent to them. Oh, shit. The heart means that you've sent, like, so many in a row. There's, like, numbers that you can get. That means, like, every day you've sent Snapchats back and forth. The number of fires you get, like snapchat has got like some like badges and like rewards and shit that people really want and like maintaining their daily snap thing like some people are in like the hundreds and hundreds like wow so i don't know there's a lot of incentive there for like people who like it and it's really i think it's well put together with a terrible intuitive it's really not user friendly and even those things i saw them and i'm just kind of like okay but i guess it's really up to you as a user of snapchat to find that shit out like do you is that just online or does it say somewhere in the app what the different emojis um here's just one other little thing i did find it online but like someone kind of told me yeah he was like oh i've got like i've got the pink swirly heart with this person i'm like yeah why are those all different what does that mean so i like ended up looking it up but like it's kind of like old school fun like old game boy games used to be to like actually go and two people put their phones next to each other and like no look this is how it works this is how you make the the pen color white or black it's a way to keep us oldies out of the game perhaps maybe but i mean i don't think kids know it either i think they're just more comfortable with asking each other (laughs) how'd you fucking do that like you know whereas where like chrissy is like i hate snapchat yeah i hope it it dies yeah exactly you can't figure it out you wish death upon something immediately (laughs) whereas maybe when you're a kid you're like how does it you're more you're more open to new experiences and yeah so um hopefully uh we we're a bunch of scaredy cats and not a bunch of old dogs and that everybody's interested in uh downloading and have fun yeah what kind of what kind of content can we look forward to from our snapchat channel yeah and um if you do hop on snapchat there you'll see a little bit more a little bit more of an active look into the text chris dave saw yeah you'll see us dancing around singing songs probably um you're gonna see what chris does with snapchat and let me tell you it's disturbing it's a good time. It's, it's well, messed up. We kind of laid mom at rest. She's gone now. <laughs> oh no, she is but saved in my in the archives of my phone, and mom is going to make a, a resurgence. I know there's two. So there's two kinds of compliments you can get on Snapchat, right? This is what I've learned in my brief <laughs> my brief tenure. 
is that like unlike likes or comments that you get on Facebook and Instagram, on Snapchat you'll get the replay. And when you see that, you're like, yep. nice. They yep. they wanted to see it one more time, <laughs> or they couldn't. Look or away. the snapped a screenshot. That's yeah. the other one. Though. Those are the the feedback things that you can get. Yeah, that's that's it. Somebody needed a little more, and you know, I, I really love Snapchat. I think it's super fun. But uh, but if you hop on the text Chris Dave saw Snapchat, you may uh, get a taste of what Mama actually is, and it's terrifying. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I, they will, because I will send the ones that you've sent me. God Back damn out. it. <laughs> Do not subscribe. <laughs> subscribe to see Mama. Text Chris Dave saw on Snapchat, and we're going we're gonna to build it up. And all that being said, um, we're seeing a movie about a mama today. Oh, I suppose that's true. Yeah. Mama of Satan. Mm-hmm. We are watching the 2006 remake of The Omen. We're watching The Ridge. Mm. OG 73 omen i did see i did see that remake maybe some of you scaredy cats have too was a big event when they came out when it came out and they Mm -hmm. marketed it as such um came out on 666 june 6 um 2006 and yeah i saw it that night in Kelowna, bc it was a good time i enjoyed it i had a fun time yeah and that's the last time that i've seen any omen movie exactly it was (laughs) 11 um, years ago next month that was the first and last time i ever saw an omen movie same yeah so that's great let's watch the original one it's got atticus finch okay we're gonna be hitting this with like the same level of knowledge well somewhat i mean okay yeah maybe that's all i just gregory peck is in it and he he plays the dad and that's pretty much all i know and you've seen the remake but not the original correct and you are the same way awesome and yeah, like I, I mean, I just remember the basic stuffs about stuff about the remake. So there's not much to. I mean, it's Satan Spawn, and somehow he gets thrown in, mm-hmm. and this parent, these parents have to raise him and deal maybe, with the consequences. Maybe Satan's probably not super nice. Yeah, so. I can't remember the impetus. Like, did they lose their baby and steal another one, or did they like, get swapped it... at the hospital? <laughs> swapped. The stork <laughs> just looked at the couldn't read the cards. Had the you know nine oh six upside down. <laughs> it was six oh nine. They brought. <laughs> And what kind of stork is delivering the Antichrist? What does the stork yeah. look like? Yeah, when um, that stork dropped the devil off at 999 London Street or whatever. I love that. And I love <laughs> the one nail holding the 999 and it just flips. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Oh, that's, that's exactly great. what I was I'm, I'm hoping it's a creepy kid. So um, it's kind of uh, similar, I think, in terms of like knowing what, what to expect um, as like maybe when we did The Exorcist uh, because like it's this classic must exist in the genre yeah you know big names like it's always going to be talked about it's often sort referenced of, often referenced it's it's like the um it's not the first but it's like the main um well from which a lot of like exorcism plots and stories are drawn hmm. um but in the, a contemporary sense yeah but this um, isn't a possession no I, yeah i know i'm saying like they're similar in that similar way feel. Like, okay, okay they have this sort of like in my mind the omen stands out as like the this is us dealing with the worst devil demon kid right yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't really know exactly where to place it in terms of like mm-hmm. what makes it original or unique or what are the big scares. I actually can't think of what the big like omen scares would be. Like I could remember the spider walk and the exorcist and the head turning and stuff like that. I yeah, I remember one thing loosely, but I don't want to say it too much. I just yeah, want to watch the movie. Yeah. Th- but like you don't feel like you've got this like oh, this and really... there is one thing that's often referenced, which I can't remember from the remake. But people always talk about um, should I even say it? Yeah. The baboon scene, there's a scene with a monkey, apparently. Does that ring any bells? No. I, I'm sure it was done in the 2006 remake because I think that was a. Uh, they just went off the original script for it. Okay. But I guess we'll see what I that know, means. No, that doesn't ring a bell. Something about a monkey. Okay, so there's a monkey. Don't think it's clashing cymbals or beating a drum. Well, I guess we'll see. 
unless monkey's a metaphor for alcoholism monkey on your back you heard oh. that phrase yeah cool yeah. i've heard the phrase just uh I wonder I wonder if supposing about the movie. Maybe the monkey is <laughs> the director of the omen was this one of their first things, but they went on to do all the lethal weapon movies. Okay. So I can expect some like a gun shooting good time. Yeah, and a lot of people saying getting too old for this getting shit. Too old for this shit. <laughs> Some Merton, some rigs. Yeah. I'm ready for this. I hope they're just in the background, like Maybe just scrambling. This is their origin. <laughs> What's the name of the kid? Is it Damien or is it Riggs? I can't remember. <laughs> is this his origin story <laughs> on that note you want to watch a horror movie and have a drink i think we should all right cheers dude cheers. <laughs> that's i don't know why but that song is so funny to, yeah for gregory, why would gregory peck be doing fat lip <laughs> <laughs> okay so. don't count on me <laughs> So, Fat Lumpers is my favorite song, past my, released before I died. The last six years of my life, I played only Fat Lip on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when Shatner was doing all that spoken word stuff? <laughs> I was doing Fat Lip. I was doing some pure some 40 fucking one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> See, the, the summer's funny. equal to 41 is my favorite, Brian. Fat Lip was by far the best song. Oh, fat lip that music video. So like we rant about that in, in the middle of the show, and then we close the show by doing fat lip. Yeah. <laughs> don't count on me. And like I would come in, you were like, don't count on me. I come in. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it we like it's back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like just finally, like, and then just fade to dark over yeah. us singing it at some point. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's gonna be so good. And then we'll obviously do There Can Be Miracles because that would just be the greatest duet in Gregory <laughs> Peck voices. So many nights we've prayed when anyone could hear when finally we now we are not right oh we were Gregory we're Peck long before. <laughs> Gregory Peck harmonies are that's just truly special. Just the greatest thing ever. Yep. There's my beer at. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> More like. It's your joke. Oh, man. More like the oh, man. The oh, man. Yeah. So that was the omen. We're like, oh man, Damien, I feel like was in that movie for five minutes. Yeah, like definitely less than 10 more minutes of scream time. Fucking Damien, come on. Well, Why do we need more of him? Because he's the creepy kid. He's supposed to be the center of this whole thing. Instead, it was like an Indiana Jones type romp through <laughs> Rome. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did not do any justice for this movie. No, we just did a lot of Gregory Peck impressions all the way through. That is really what occupied take our time. Yep. And I'm glad we watched it because now we have great Gregory Peck memories. Oh, yeah. No, that's going to that's gonna live on, unfortunately, much longer for us. In then. ways we can't even yeah. express here today. <laughs> yeah. But getting back to the movie. <laughs> yeah, the the omen. Oh, man, I, I don't recall any of that from the 2006 remake. Yeah, I've, I could just be totally wrong, but I feel like the impalement of the priest from the, the church thing breaking off, which you also recalled, was um, they used that in Hot Fuzz, too. Yeah. That I wonder if that was the a reference. Like It must were... be. 
Yeah. I mean, like, that guy gets, like, it lands on his head and explodes his head pretty badly. Isn't it, like, a... Isn't it the steeple that falls on his head? Yeah, it's, like, the corner... The whole triangle thing, The triangle, yeah, and it, like, explodes his skull and, like, yeah. Right. It's a lot more graphic. Really? But it seems like... I don't know, him looking up at it. it, I I don't know. It seems similar. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. What'd you think of that one? Oh, man, I don't know. (laughs) It was okay. <laughs> they're they're like very. First of all, the the one thing that stood out to me as a red flag right away was the over dramatic score, which is mm-hmm. like yeah. So as you like to say, ham fisted, kind of the whole way through, yeah. like not subtle at all. Just like we should be freaking out now. But yeah. I I get I get it as a point of reference now for South Park. I know loves to do those kinds of scores with the dominus dum dum yeah they do like and this movie is just non-stop screaming in latin uh, for a score yeah it it reminded me a lot of devil's candy yeah you said that yeah I, there's all, a lot in common just like seemingly like latin coming at you from some mm. voice off you know that you can't off see like yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's happening constantly um i think there was more than that but um that's Even, the thing that yeah. really stood out to me is like the general premise here is that like this kid is the center of all this evil mm-hmm. but there are like voices going out to those around you mm-hmm. know and the circumstances around them that are, are like causing some real problems yeah and he seems to there seems to be satan satan fans around who are perceptive of this ones that yep yep throw their bodies to death for him specifically like the nannies yeah they i guess they spend the most time with them right yeah but also, they somehow find out about the listing and know that he is. I mean, that one nanny somehow knew that this kid that she was going to interview for was Satan, because yeah. she walks or the Satan spawn, sorry, and walks in and it's like it's okay now, everything's fine, which is great. But yeah. I mean, we didn't really see much more of her until that final showdown. Yeah, well, um, no, she was kind of the impetus behind like Damien riding the tricycle down the. She let him out. Yes, she let him out. <laughs> she let him out of his little cage room. So that that was a crazy takeaway because that's the shining man a red tricycle yep. going down hallways like that's that's crazy I, this I, is a, like I, 10 years earlier and it's the same kind of yeah, image yeah. yeah i was gonna say like yeah but it was first so, it was first i mean it was first and it, i can it see had a, a crucial purpose to smash into the mom on the trike flyer over the i remember that from the remake i remember julia styles flipping over the banister and yeah not me yeah i don't remember very we, forget uh, like I guess the remake was more forgettable than I remember. There's something about like if you're tapping into something that was so monumental at one point in time yeah. in like history and you're just like redoing it mm-hmm. in your own way, like that if you don't have both in your head, it's not going to stand out to you, mm-hmm. you know? Like if you only have the new one, it's just like a it's a watered down version of what originally was a, like an amazing or like a brand new visual that no one's seen before. Yeah. I think like in a lot of ways like Evil Dead had that you know, that um, the remake captured and used, but the remake needed to go its own direction and be its own story. Yeah, and... I think the remake was successful for that in Evil Dead. Yeah, exactly, but like that, they, yeah. they went against this, and we were kind of talking in the beginning how this seems like it was a one-for-one, like the script of the original movie. I, or I, that's I, what they were going for, or like well, close I, to... Yeah, I think I saw when I was looking up the IMDb for the remake, I think I saw that they just used the exact same script. Like there was no new True. writers credited, and that might have helped. It might have helped to maybe expand it. But again, we're not evaluating the new one. No. Just evaluating the original. Yeah, but that's the one we've seen, so it's okay for us to like. It is, and like, is yeah, that, a that while happened? ago now. But I mean, maybe I think how little we remember that is a testament to it being kind of dry, which I think yeah. this one was for both of us too. I mean, at the I, I, I was liked it. I was excited at the start. Like I thought it was a it's a good setup. You know, mm-hmm. it's what where it kind of lost me was the last half hour or forty minutes. 
where it's just kind of Gregory Peck going down this trail of trying to figure out, okay, what is the what are the origins of my son? How do I kill it? Just meeting random characters going from spot yeah. to spot in the graveyard. That's kind of like, okay, yeah, whatever. All to lead up to the final showdown of trying to kill the kid. Sure. It didn't, yeah, it didn't do a lot for me. Yeah, I, I, I liked, enjoyed it a little more than that in that like I did kind of see a pretty good progression from a father who, you know, was doing everything to protect his wife from the fact that they just lost the baby which mm-hmm. i think we found out was murdered like that was like that's the reveal that intentionally, yeah intentionally they like, killed to, that kid to so facilitate could, satan yeah to, have to a, facilitate fucking satan that a place was, to live and grow yeah yeah and probably like um it was born like at the same time or something right so probably in some six 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 right like i, I think that mm. their baby dying right. was like also some of the impetus for like him being able to exist and clearly this network of people who are aware of this who killed their kid and they're the ones who are somehow also sending that nanny at five six years old to go and help coddle take care watch yeah. over you know yeah some it's just the evil forces or the evil people behind the scenes we don't know who they are yeah and yeah. so that's kind of interesting i guess of this movie is that we do, that whole evil force and group we don't really see directly like we always just hear about them from other characters who are explaining them and we see some figures who are involved but usually movies there's some kind of a reveal where we show the society that is kind of behind yeah you know yeah i think we're that doesn't happen in this one no um or maybe it did that we didn't pick up on as much could Um, be but because admittedly i think this is the new one that we mostly talked through um probably and by talking i mean talking gregory peck impressions I don't even one. want to like call them impressions, but yes, <laughs> that's what I mean. Grunt. Let's just call them grunts that were tributes to Gregory Peck's performance, which is pretty pretty great. Like he, yeah, he's yeah he's a, he's great, a really great anchor to follow yeah. like throughout this whole movie. But what I was saying is that like it was great to see him go from this like father character who was just trying to protect his wife and his family, and mm-hmm. and then over time as the kid grows up, that's what he is. You know, and he like gets a promotion. He's like really try hard, great guy, I think. And then to show him go from that to like his family starts falling apart, bad things are ha- happening. This like rogue priest is trying to give him the warnings, but he's not taking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, his progression from great father to wanting to kill his own son. Yeah, you know, wanting to kill Damien, and that that's a hell of an arc. That um yeah, that sort of circling the drain was I think pretty effective for me. Nice, I, I really did enjoy that. I think um. Who else but Gregory Peck could have pulled that off so effectively? It was a great, yeah. I, I, think, I do. I totally, I totally agree that it was a great, I like a that great performance. And and then thinking about it in that way, um, having sort of our boy Gregory Peck lead us through the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I really thought the main character was going to be um, the his his wife, the mother. Um, and, and then I thought, just like you were mentioning, more Damien. I thought they would be focused on this kid, Way just like kids sort of like yeah. The Exorcist was. But like this was a complete inverting of that and focusing on you know the father character in this uh, figuring very, very... out the backstory the whole time. Yeah. There were, there are a few sequences that I I really loved. I mean the guy getting decapitated by oh, that glass shit. pane was that was really good, wonderful. Watching yeah. that head like flip a couple times with that slow mo as like you kind of saw it like repeat almost like two or three times. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like cut from this angle, cut from that angle, yeah, cut from that yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really good. And his like body was going backwards and the head was like spinning at the perfect, it was oh, really, really satisfying. Very, very satisfying. Almost to the point where it's unbelievable, like how, how clean of a cut that. Yeah. But that was like, that was the photo that he took, you know, there's like that legend that we got earlier on in the story is that like these photos that he was taking were like prophesying the deaths that were happening. To yeah. These by a line cutting into them. Yeah, there'd be a, a weird, varying degrees of focus. Yeah, a weird line that would sort of like yeah. represent what was going to happen in some way or another. And mm-hmm. one was like, you know, 
right into him right yeah. across yeah. one was yeah the the way that the priest got impaled the mm-hmm. line sort of represented that and the way that the the nanny was hanged a line represented that um and in fact that was that picture of the nanny that was taken that had that line that sort of represented her hanging yeah that was taken milliseconds before the mother took damien away from that nanny that's true you know yeah. she's like for whatever reason she's like no come here and then that picture gets taken and then the nanny kills herself right like after. it was you know and that's I love that scene. Like oh, I love shit. her whole like it's all for you, Damien. Like her just being so enthusiastic and joyful and happy about timeless. killing herself yeah. for this child. Like that's that's great. That shit's timeless, dude. Yeah. That, <laughs> that is effective no matter what. Yeah, year I, it I, is. again, like I think so much of the setup is great yeah. and exciting. I can see a lot of this movie in a lot of horror movies that we watch. And mm-hmm. I mean, if like watching this one start to finish didn't like blow me away, at the very least. I can, I can see, see, yeah, the inspirations for a lot of future yeah. scenes that like, we can trace back to this. Yeah, we're seeing The Shining. I'm seeing with that um, glass pane cutting his head off. I'm seeing Final Destination. I saw a bunch of Final Destination. Just yeah. And the fact that death was, like, anytime someone was about to die, everything is kind of physically going ominous, as if nature itself was after sure, these yeah. victims, right? Okay. Like, when the priest is, after he gives one of his warnings and he sees the wind start to pick up, mm-hmm. he's walking his around. His final warning. His final warning. Yeah. He's walking around and you're getting the sense that, oh, his his death is imminent in the same way at Final Destination. And the same thing with, I mean, that glass pane thing. Yeah. Final Destination has a death by a glass pane. It crushes. It doesn't oh slice across. I think we talked about that one time. I yeah. But love no, that so much. I'm so glad you you thought that as well because I, a couple times at yeah. Final Destination to mind. Final Destination for sure. A little bit of I Know What You Did Last Summer. In like some of the way that that party scene was shot and the person standing on top, like I think the principal kills oh, yeah. himself. Yeah, that that was brought to mind. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I yeah. can see that too. I just wonder about like later horror movies. If say the director of I know we did last summer, I have no idea who the fuck directed that. But if they're thinking, okay, big outdoor scenes, what do I want for inspiration? Like, do they go back and watch these to try to like establish shots? You know, or I'm curious. Maybe about like those. they have seen it and they're like well, subconsciously this is, like subconsciously it gets in somehow. yeah like for me i think what i would do is like um when i wanted to you know present an idea or something it would have been without intending it to it would be yeah. coming from some other idea that's already in my head of course and yeah. then as soon as i realized what it was i'm like yeah i kind of want to do it like it was in dark skies i would go back and watch dark skies see the layout of the house i'm like that's perfect for sure yeah yeah you know i hear different things from like different interviews with different directors about how some directors are all like when they're going into a week of shooting they'll be like okay, I really have these ideas in mind and I love these movies. So they'll go back and watch those things and try to frame them similarly. Yeah. I've also heard other directors say when like I go into filming, I don't, don't watch any other horror movies. Like I want to go in as pure and clean as possible. Yeah. But, that, that makes sense. Cause like, I mean that, I think the second one is more of a like deflecting sort of nervous <laughs> habit. Like I don't want to rip off someone else. I don't want to like be doing what someone else does. Right. You know, cause I want me personally with all the horror movies i direct i want um massive inspiration from the world around me because i know my brain is like limited Mm -hmm. and i know the best moments in horror movies for me are when i'm surprised and something that my brain didn't see coming happens right you know what i mean yeah like for me my inspiration as a as a million trillion dollar director when that eventually happens (laughs) is gonna be um what i've learned from video games yeah which is the which and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's reciprocal that video games have taken cues from horror movies too. They they do in their like setup, but the one thing that they have that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to is the fact that the player is the camera. So like, right, you know that is uh, that's fun and VR kind of opens up a future for that. It certainly does. In terms of I I haven't got to play any specific horror VR games, mm-hmm. but I mean it sounds terrifying. First to be person horror is 
hard to do, man. Yeah. Because you're going eyeballs first into everything. It's, it's a rough ride. Especially when, like, the first time playing these games, when you really have no clue. And yeah. it's so immersive. Yeah, like, Amnesia Dark Descent is going to be the one that I call out today. Is You think that's going to be a great one? It is a great one. Oh, it's already out? It's out. I've been through it. Everyone who has played that game knows you turn off the lights, you put on some headphones, you play that game on your computer, and you're never the same. It's so fucking terrifying. That sounds exciting. It's so good. And I mean, it's not going to be too far into the future where we look back at watching like a flat screen image as kind of an antiquated, unscary way to experience. I think so. Being fully immersed in a story with VR might be kind of the future of horror experience. I, dude, I, I could not have said that better myself. I think when you realize that even in the best situation, situation if you go to like imax you know to see like a horror movie or something trying to surround yourself with screens as much as you can and drown out the sounds of the world and the light of the world around you to get as immersed as immersed as possible doesn't change the fact that you can still see your own knees and the people in front of you and you know there's that safety still you're in a movie theater exactly yeah the uh, immersive nature of like you don't even see like a heads-up display uh, in your vision yeah, you can see the bridge of your nose, and that's it. You're you're out in the world, and even that disappears after a while. Yeah, it yeah. does. It, it you don't know it's there, but like as soon as you look at a screen, you do because mm-hmm. there's no longer this like foggy little bump in the bottom of your vision. But right. the, it, you're just not thinking about it, but you always every second of every day you see it. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. I find that very interesting. I find like what you can and can't see, and whenever um, we're in a movie, like this is barely talking about the omen anymore. But like when you're in a movie and someone's looking, we're like 15 minutes in, and we're already yeah. finding other things to talk about. <laughs> when you're in a movie and someone looks through binoculars or something, that to me is always the most distracting thing that could ever possibly happen because the screen just becomes oh, like circular. when the POV turns yeah. to the binoculars, yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. drives me insane. Um, just like everything that's ever meant to be POV is like the ugliest, worst thing you can ever see on screen because it's wrong. It's against like how human vision works, Right. you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Like when the camera pans, that's yeah. not how human vision works. You know, you like your eyes like black out for a second so that you don't pass out from over like intake of information, but the camera doesn't. So you just see like a blur. Yeah. That's, that's not what fair. you see in real life. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, Again, not knowing how this connects to the Omen, but um. I, I'm so curious about just to bring it back to the Omen. I'm so mm. curious about these four sequels. There's like there's so many follow up like movies a, to, okay. the, to the Omen. Official like in the Omen franchise. Yeah, owned by the Omen Two, Omen Three, Omen Four. Okay. Yeah, there's more installments, and Dude. that's why like I guess next year this time we'll figure out what happens to Damon if we don't if we don't jettison it for another franchise. <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens. We should be feel free to do that yeah i mean fly. yeah let's look in tell us what you think scaredy cats or why what what we should really appreciate even more about the omen that maybe we're not catching yeah, on yeah because i mean if i'm if i'm really breaking this down um i love the performances by just about everyone mm-hmm. um i thought the kid was super creepy when he was there because he was like younger than the usual kid i think you know like he a was a little younger he was, he was like he just felt in between the age of like a toddler and like an actual child that could speak and articulate well yeah, yeah. he could like barely speak but he technically mm-hmm. daddy no i think was I, I didn't i didn't like the mother too much i thought she was like a little hammy at points yeah yeah okay yeah i could see that if we're if we're like evaluating performances i really like the photographer guy he was great do you think uh, rva bardem oh he was in great. the 70s he was great do you think um the, the mother's performance do you think like that was any worse or any hammier than like your run-of-the-mill like um 73 performance I, you know what it might not even be the performance it might have been how much the camera work was over dramatizing her performance like at a moment of freak out it would like zoom right into her eyes and yeah. she would like 
tilt yeah, her head back. Like just just like little minor things like that. Excessive screams. The falls were just okay. Like when she was yeah. falling off the balcony and then falling onto the ambulance when uh, through the ambulance car. Somehow I, like I busting did... through the roof. Oh, that was insane. But her fall from the um the banister I thought was like pretty good. How she like spun into that broken glass and just mm. landed face down. I re- the blood. I was out expecting a little more from Damien in that scene, and maybe this is the remake taking it up a notch. But I feel maybe. like in the remake, when she's hanging on there with her fingers, Damien like takes her fingers makes her off. fall. It makes her fall like Scar in The Lion King. Yeah, with Mufasa. Totally. What is <laughs> what is Scar whisper right before? Um, I will be king. Uh, no, I'll be back. No. Uh, uh turns out it was cancer. Maybe that's what it is. Let's go to our Instagram comments. Sure, why not? On our Phantasm episode, Those Movies Guys podcast, Those Movie Guys podcast said, I love the whole series. It was great to see Angus reprise the role one last time in Ravenger, a beautiful swan song made for the fans. I loved getting that comment because that is the first of what I anticipate for a lot of these series is is that we just, um, we do the first one and then people just upon seeing the movie poster on Instagram yeah. are just going to be like, this takes me back to the whole like thing that I went through for their, this whole series, all these different movies. Yeah. And then how he's talking about how the last one and the way that he says it is kind of like, maybe not everybody loved it, but I think it was great for the fans. Like that's real. Yeah. You can They're tell in their feelings about the franchise as a whole. Yeah. And I, Angus, um, he, I think he has passed away now, but he did make a return to play the tall man in Ravenger, which was like two years ago or something oh, like that. See? Final chapter. So he was still able to get one last crack in. And probably killed a lot of people. Demons. Yeah. yeah. What were those things called? Uh, sentient Ooh. spheres. It's nice, dude. Yeah. Sentient spheres. Cool. Um, also on our Phantasm episode, uh, Moon Cusser, which isn't the great. <laughs> Fuck you, Moon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is, that wins for our favorite Instagram name. This is so name far so my far. favorite Instagram name. It reminds me of uh, The Simpsons uh, where Old Man at the Cloud. Old Man Yells at Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> that, that newspaper headline. Oh, Mooncusser, what up? Mooncusser, um, thank you so much for commenting. Mooncusser says, This movie scared me to death when it first came out, and I still won't watch it alone today. Love it. I love same with my other friend and Leprechaun. Like it's so funny yeah. how those movies that yeah. now seem so campy. If you happen to watch it at the time, and if you were young at the time, it could have been truly terrifying. And I think Phantasm was like that for a lot of people. Yeah, I, I, it's seeming that way. And I mean, I I think I would have benefited from seeing it a little bit younger. But I think I will also greatly benefit from seeing the other additions to the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. series. Yeah, and we did appreciate a lot about it. Um, but even the director himself has said that this movie is for like ten to thirteen year old kids like this is what like it's a way to kind of terrify but not um like traumatize and introduce some like you know plane bending high sci-fi in there as well like i I think that would be perfect to watch at that age like if you're 11 like an 11 year old to watch this maybe not now because they might be so desensitized to yeah appreciate it but little ideas like that yeah yeah just in in the same realm as like what it did for me as like a kid watching some movie like that yeah yeah, but it seems that way, and I really, I, I would like just about everything we've watched so far, um, oh man included. I would really like to get more into the series, and like, I don't know. I just think that that really works for me is just having a longer arc, like a franchise. Yeah, just having more like you know examples of this is what happens in this situation. Yeah, you know? I'm I like I'm that. I'm really excited to get Poltergeist going. Poltergeist to is gonna be fun. Yeah, you because yeah. that was one of those traumatizing right? for me. Yeah, I watched that at twelve. And it scared the shit out of me yeah, when I dude. watched it. So I'm sure now that's going to be so silly. But mm-hmm. thank you for leaving Instagram comments, Scaredy Cats. Um, check us out on Instagram and add us to Snapchat. 
Yes, uh, we mentioned that in the last episode, which I'm sure you all listened to. <laughs> Please uh, check us out. Text Chris Davesaw on Snapchat. We would love to just build up some more you guys. You know, you get a little bit of an audience. You start, we, we're able to roll out the content a little bit better. But yeah. Also, I, I just want to give a special shout out to Japan. Our, our scaredy cats in Japan. I mean, yeah. th- as of like this past month, we have more listens in Japan than anywhere else in the world by a long shot. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for listening. It's amazing. Uh, just who are you? Yeah. What's happening? What movies do you love? What episodes do you love? Come leave us some comments and let us know that you're from Japan and yeah. tell, tell your friends. Please, by all means. I mean, it seems like they're telling their friends, but yeah. um, we'll, we'll, we'll come us. fly out there. <laughs> tell enough friends to fund us to come out and do a live show for you guys. We will do a live text Chris Dave saw in Japan. It'll be our is, first one. If which we is weirdly po- more possible than like a live show like here. Even in Toronto <laughs> at this point. <laughs> If we go by this past month's listens, yeah. yes. So please, scaredy cats, like take take a second out of your day, add us on Snapchat, or um, just let us know where in the world you're listening from, and, and let us know who you are. Join the community. Come say hi. Yeah. Um, was Chaos, Gregs. Chaos, Gregs. <laughs> let it be. <laughs> Turns out I won an Oscar. <laughs> Gregory Peck. <laughs> Gregory Peck instead of Chaos Rains. Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck. Peck. Oh my god. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Tex Chris Dave Saw Massacre. My name is David Stonebrook. And my name is Chris Vandenberg. And as always, Chaos Rains. Chaos Rains. Chaos Rains. Chaos Rains. Don't replace dead babies. Chaos reigns. Because one of them could be that if you replace it, it could be the devil. That's why. See you next time, scaredy cats. See ya.